Craft Beer Radio, episode 66, January 11th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And how are all you folks doing today? Woo, we're great, Jeff. Hey, I, first time they've ever answered. Pretty sweet. You all seem to sound the same, though. Hey, everybody. Well, we're doing uh, fresh... We're doing uh, some hoppy beers today. IPAs? Is, is that the idea? I mean... We're doing some beers that I don't want to get old. Right. So let's start off with actually one of these. This is an English style IPA. We're kind of actually, it's almost like a hop tour. Okay. We have an English IPA. We have a, a good way to fresh hop beer. It. We have an American IPA and we have a double IPA. Let's do it. Okay. So this first one, let's see if I can find this. The Dragon Slayer IPA from English Ale Brewery in Marina, California. 5.2%, a spring release. English IPA, they opened in 2000 with an annual production of only 2,000 barrels. Every year on April 23rd, the English honor their patron saint with the celebration of St. George's Day. St. George was famed throughout Old England for slaying dragons. Not the mother-in-law types. Ha, ha, ha. You didn't add that, did you? (laughs) No, I didn't. Okay, good. But real foul-smelling, fire-breathing, green and ugly dragons. Of which I'm sure there were plenty. You get Santa just for, for... Destroying mythical creatures or saying you did? I guess. Wow. <laughs> Maybe there was like Komodo dragons there or something. They're foul-smelling and green. He loved just killing salamanders. Anyway, you can. Uh, there's several ways that you can send us feedback. You oh, can send yes, us an we shouldn't forget the email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Yeah. Okay. Just send us an email this week. That's all we need from you guys. Uh, some upcoming shows. I said by this week I would have the multi-brew details worked out. And I forgot about that till just now. Oh, Jeff, so Jeff. next week, multi-brew experiment details. Guess who compiled all the news and email like he always does? Greg did. Greg did. So I'm kind of getting it, it. It's hard to, to break through here. I mean, the, not a lot of aroma here, but there is uh, kind of English hoppiness. But you know what I'm smelling? Yeah, big thick head on this thing. It pours a um, an orange. Yeah, good orange. Uh, I'm hesitant to say I, I'm taking a whiff of the aroma. I'm smelling saison. I mean, it, it kind of has the 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 low aroma threshold that a saison does. But yeah. I'm getting it's that hops, little bit you know. of you know. I, I'm trying like oh, that's not the right smell, but that's what I'm smelling. It smells like a good saison. A little bit of peppery, a little bit of farmhouse character to it. I think that there's no. I don't really detect that. I just, there's so much head; it's really hard to get. Yeah, sometimes we've noticed that big head has really messed with the uh, the aromas for. We've been agitating a lot, and I can get a little bit of hops through the through the aroma, but I, it's hard for me to get. So I'm just going to go for it and see what it tastes like. You got to yeah. tunnel through, huh? Very juicy. Yours isn't sour. It's sour. It is sour. <laughs> Okay, but I mean, it kind of it, it, it hit me in, in a way that was kind of like juicy sour. Like um, this beer is sour or soured, but not bad. Right, it's the kind of sour that we look for in sour beers. It's um, it's not as sour as some other ones, but yeah, it has it definitely has kind of an um, acetic, uh, yeah, flavor. But I'm also getting like 
an expansion of that hoppiness mixed with sourness in the back of my tongue. Uh, and it's kind of um, it sort of in English uh, in English hops, I mean, that would make sense, right? It kind of is a little bit grassy. Um, maybe I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say peaty, but it, it's it's a little grassy, I guess. Yeah, I don't think the sourness is an intended flavor in this beer. But that being said, this is a good spoiled beer. <laughs> it happens. It, it's not a nasty sourness. Yeah, and it's not the kind of sourness that really gets you in your throat, which is where Ethan sometimes hurt. It ta- the more I drink it, the more it tastes like a lambic. You're getting that really acidic part, and afterwards you're getting this. Has this really lambic character to it? You don't get that grassy hoppiness. A little bit, but that's, um, that, that, that's more of what I'm getting. I mean, uh, I, I'm tasting the sour, but I'm not tasting it huge. It's not uh, hitting me the same way a lambic would hit me with the sourness. It, it is for me. It's hitting me pretty good. Part it could be the Lunesta thing. I mean, that could be okay. having some effect on yeah, me. Greg uh, is worried about his flavor tasting tonight. Yeah, I don't know who, who in our audience takes Lunesta sometimes. I take that occasionally to help me sleep. And it does leave a residual metallic flavor in your mouth. And I was afraid of that affecting me. And who knows, it might affect me tonight. Mm. It's still good beer. Tom Schmidlin wrote in. Uh, he said, "Hey guys, as far as the pyramid soda goes, it has always been marketed under the we name." We talked about that last week. Thomas uh, Kemper. Yeah, last week we talked about pyramid selling their soda yeah. line. Not sure if you can get it in Pittsburgh. Way back when, Hart Brewing bought Thomas Kemper Ales, who also had find a line of sodas. Also had a line of sodas. The beer and soda business were separated at that time. Hart changed its name to Pyramid and bought the Kemper as bought the Kemper sodas as well. So anyway, the sodas will still be made by Pyramid under contract, but will still be marketed by a different company. He also says, "I hope you guys entered your resumes for the Beer Drinker of the Year competition." No, we no. didn't. <laughs> I'm not really. I am certainly not qualified. Jeff, you're probably a bit more qualified than I am. Yeah, you know, Tom tried to make us feel good last year, saying that we should enter, but I, I don't know if we've have a Fat enough resume yet. I mean, just that quiz part that you talked about in the interview with him. I mean, there's no way we'd be able to pass that. We'd be... Yeah, I don't know. It'd be fun to try, but... You could. Give me give me another year or two. I've got to train. Mm. And, you know, Beer Drinker of the year, year, I don't think, can be elected if he's never been to the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah. So you get anything else out of this beer? I'm getting a very good sour beer. <laughs> But not an English IPA, really. No, I mean, I'm getting a little bit of sourness, but I'm definitely getting a, a juicy... Almost, the, the hops feel a little bit more citrusy now. I mean, I'm... Um, See, I need some Lunesta then, because even more so now, this thing is getting more sour, and it tastes like a Cantillon I had not too long ago. I mean, it's that Lambic-like, and I like it. But I wonder if that's the way it's supposed to be. No, absolutely not. On the side of the bottle... They are a complex, full-flavored English India Pale Ale with a hoppy aroma and lingering bitterness. Slay your thirst. Dragon Slayer. <laughs> Dragon Slayer. Hmm. Well, Best spoiled beer I've ever had. Watch it make us violently ill. That last one I did taste a little bit of the, the Candion. Okay. The sourness, so. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so let's move on to the next beer. This is a beer that Rick Sellers raves about. Right. 
talked about like at least ten times this year. I think if you're going to go on a trip, you might as well go on a hop trip from Deschutes Brewer, Brewery, Bend, Oregon. Five point five percent. It was only brewed once. This is their uh, fresh hop ale this year. The thing that they do at Deschutes that a lot of breweries who do fresh hop ales don't do is that uh, they start mashing their grain, or you know, they send some people to the hop field to go pick the hops. While they're on their way back, they start mashing the grains and move the kettle over to the boil. So, like, they time it so when the truck gets back to the brewery, the hops, hops go in the kettle. In. So you couldn't get them yeah. in the kettle any faster. Well, unless you had a portable kettle and you were just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Or grew your own hops, hops like and, 10 yeah. feet away. Right. Um, so, let's see. Annual production in Deschutes of 118,000 barrels. One of the few Oregon beers we've been able to get our hands on. This this entire line of beers, including our pre-show beer, is all thanks to Gary. Gary. Thank you so much, Gary. Platinum Club member Gary. So this beer pours with a ginormous head. I poured too much, and I'm not going to be able to taste any aroma because my head's higher than my glass. No, I think we'll get aroma out of this one. Oh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's like uh, a little bit of grapefruit and a little bit of uh, hubba bubba. That's a good way to put it, hubba bubba the... the Bubblegum. Like watermelon hubba bubba or something like that? And grapefruit? Definitely grapefruit, but almost maybe tangerine-ish instead of grapefruit. Okay. Yeah, tangerine. But I'm also like mixing it with that watermelon hubba bubba, all that juiciness that they put in your mouth when you bite down on that new gum. It only smells juicy. Uh, not a whole lot of malt in the aroma, but... I got a mouthful of foam there. It's hoppy foam. It's definitely very hoppy. I was able to get some of the beer, not just the foam, so... It's a it's a mellow yeah flavor. It's, it's not it's not sticky. I'm really happy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not an aggressively hopped. It's a mellow hop. It comes in there. It's soft. It's it's um, all over. It's all over your mouth. It kind of explodes with flavor without being huge amounts of flavor. It just it, it expands all around your mouth. The hops really do taste fresh. I mean, they taste mm-hmm. a lot like when we had you know some of those. I mean, I'm, I'm remembering this is bringing me back to being surrounded by hops in, in the hop yard in, in Idaho. Right. It's It's got that kind of effervescence yeah. to it. This is the main reason we did the show today, because it's a sacrilege leaving this beer on the shelf when it's a fresh hop mm-hmm. beer, and you're supposed to drink them fresh. So. Yeah, I mean, that really does bring me back. I, mean, I think that I mean, these are not Zot's hops, and that's what we were around, but there's something about the freshness of it that just kind of they all sort of have yeah. a, the same sort of similar well, that's what this reminds resume. me of is um when i grew my hops i threw some cones or when we were at when we were at idaho yeah threw some hop cones into the glass and you get this juicy mellow flavor and it's exactly what we're tasting here if you want to i mean if you want to know what it's like to be surrounded by hops <laughs> this beer gives a very very vivid account of it flavor wise there's another fresh hop beer. Not necessarily aroma-wise, but flavor-wise. There's another fresh hop beer that I know of that's pretty available, probably even more so than this one. So most of our listeners, I shouldn't say that. Just because it's here in Pittsburgh doesn't mean it's everywhere. But Great Divide's uh, Wet Hop Dale or Fresh Hop Dale. It's a more aggressive beer than this. Mm-hmm. But you can certainly tell the hops are different than what you're used to. And they have a fairly wide distribution. So if you can get Great Divide beers, check out that one. And if you have a local brewery nearby kind of pay attention to them around you know august september and see if they're gonna be making a wet hop beer yeah 
This is this is really nice. It's definitely bringing back memories. And so for some of our listeners who might not know what a wet hop beer is, we kind of described it with the process. But normally hops are kilned and dried. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one time a year when they pick the hops, brewers have the opportunity to put those wet, moisture-filled hops right in the kettle. So they, this is you know they they moisten and dry them so they don't rot. Right, but also there are a lot when they're dry. There are a lot more. Alpha by weight, yeah. higher alpha acids by weight. When they're wet, they I think they're like one tenth as potent or something like that. So you have to use a lot more hops to get the same amount from it. So you'll find that a lot of these wet hop beers aren't going to be extremely hoppy, hoppy beers, but more so get you some of those green, grassy flavors right. and other things like that. Those wet, fresh flavors you get out of the hops. That's what they're going for. Getting different compounds out of the leaves and not necessarily the straight lupulin that you know you get with a normal hop. Right, and this is interesting because this is uh, Deschutes Brewery, which is in Oregon. We had an email from Zymergist who was talking about uh, our Imperial Stout Show '64. You neglected to mention both Deschutes Brewing the Abyss and Full Sail Brewing Black Gold. I can understand this as you guys sound like organophobes. <laughs> Oregon has taken its rightful place as the head of craft beer movement as Oregon currently enjoys the only double-digit craft beer percentage in the nation at the moment. Maybe this is just West Coast envy or perhaps percentage market share envy, regardless of how we ravel the beer Gordian knot. It cuts across beer brewed made in Oregon. Perhaps someday other states will become as enlightened, but until then, hey, we'd love to get beer from Oregon if we yeah, could. Yeah, I mean, well, I think you're saying we sound like organophobes because we, on the, we had the news article a couple weeks ago where, you know, a couple of the Oregon beers had the top best beers, you know, they were yeah. both IPAs and, and we kind of made a comment about, you know, the, the sample size of that survey or right, whatever it yeah. was. Maybe he's going way back to the first couple shows. Well, it, it was, where it was I, where I called it of, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was the amount shipped that was, you know, it didn't seem like a huge amount of, sh- of being shipped for a craft beer for it to be the number one right. craft beer. Um, you know, I told, I emailed him back. I'm like, you know, We've loved just about every Oregon beer that we've had. But uh, I think the main case is the only Oregon beer that we can buy on the shelves here is Rogue. Right. Oh, and Widmer Brothers. We don't get Deschutes. We don't get Walking Man. We don't get, you know, all these other ones. So I think it's more of a... And also, you know, we don't mention... When we were talking about our favorite Imperial Stouts, we didn't mention the Deschutes in the Full Sail. Because, well, we've never had them. Yeah. And we haven't had the opportunity to. I think it may have had full sale something else at one We've point. had a couple full sales. Um, last Christmas we had some, I think. Uh, but, yeah. We'd uh, love to try them if we could. It's just, it's you know, we have to rely on... Hint, hint. <laughs> wink, wink. We have to rely on on, uh, on the goodness of others to supply us with that right now. To get now some of those Oregon beers, yeah. We can't purchase them ourselves, and that's just the perils of living in the East Coast. Let's see. What's going on in the news, Jeff? Barley prices may push the price of beer up. That's not good. I guess raw, they say the raw material costs have gone up so much in a short period of time, it's unavoidable you'll see some price increases eventually. Mark Stewart from uh, Summit Brewery says he's hoping the prices fall somewhat in July and August. So, I mean, clearly it's having an impact on, on people beyond just right. Molson and Coors and, sure. and Anheuser-Busch. We should call up Scott and see if he's feeling the pinch. New beer law could hurt specialty sales in Illinois. This is an interesting story. It yeah, sounds almost a- like a neo-prohibitionist type story. There are a city council in Bloomfield, I think. Yeah, Bloomfield Liquor Commission wants to... Limit the sale of single-serving alcohol containers. L- that are less than 24 ounces. 
to curb littering and loitering problems outside convenience stores. But the problem is, what they're doing is prohibits the sale of any container of beer or wine under 24 ounces, except for specialty items that cost 35 cents or more an ounce. So at this convenience store, you can buy a 24-ounce can of Budweiser or a 40-ounce bottle of anything, but you can't get a 22-ounce bomber of any craft beer. Lagunitas Maximus. Which uh, is a lot, which would sell for four ninety nine or twenty two point six cents an ounce. So you're gonna have to go to liquor stores to get all your bottles of beer now. I don't know if there's single twelve ounce sales at uh, convenience stores in Illinois or not, but that's gonna rule most of them out unless they're thirty five cents an ounce, and that's only. Well, be that's the, just the uh, Bloomington, right? Yeah, I guess so. so yeah, Bloomington. Just move. <laughs> Move or, or get out of the, uh, the state line and find another store. I guess, yeah, you could just drive to the next town, be yeah. 10 minutes away. <laughs> Still annoying. Yeah. Just bad law. Yeah. Hey, Maine is okay with the uh, Santa's butt. Well, they're, they're, it's been too late, isn't it? Now that like Christmas mean, is over. Yeah. But, We're going to uh, have Dan Shelton on in a couple weeks for an interview, and I'm sure we'll ask him about how he seems to be in the news about a controversial label every winter. Basically, what happened is the ACLU got involved, and uh, they said, oh, well, we're probably not going to win against the ACLU, so let's just drop the whole thing. <laughs> so you can now they can now sell uh, Santa's butt. And they also can sell uh, Eugene, they, what is it, uh, there are there have been previously banned beers featuring paintings of bare-breasted women on the labels that uh, were previously banned by this but now are not. Because Shelton Brothers owner Dan Shelton puts it this way, can't have a law based on propriety and dignity. It's just too vague, and that makes sense. That was that was the um, hop trip, hop trip from the shoots, and it was nice and tasty. Very, I like being reminded of that time. It was very fun. Good, yeah, good stuff. Okay, now we're moving up the coast a little bit to Seattle, Washington. This beer, the Elysian IPA from Elysian Brewing Company in Seattle, wow, 6.21% served year-round American IPA. Open 1996, and the brewer is Dick Cantwell, who can well do it. Yep. I uh, met the owner. I'm not sure if I met the brewer when I was in there up there for the uh, beer cruise. And, uh, yeah, Legion was a very cool place. They're also the place that we talked about earlier in the year that they ferment that beer in the pumpkin. Uh-huh. And they tap the pumpkin and that serve it from the great, pumpkin. Yeah. I'd love to experience that. That just sounds so cool. A little bit more hoppy, even more hoppiness in here. Yeah, so this is uh, categorized as an American IPA. This is a little bit lighter looking in terms of its... Uh, yeah, this one's uh, orange. It's very similar in the color of the Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Big head on this one as well. We were all drinking inside of pint glasses, by the way. So, I want to drink these at you know, fifty degrees, forty-eight degrees, somewhere in there. The hot, the warmer, the more it warms up, the more malt you'll get from it and hops. So Definitely you don't want to drink these more too malt cold. Out of this one, um, with a, a nice undercurrent of hops. This, this is, is a, this is definitely a multi IPA. Yeah, where it gives you that nice malt backbone. It's even more than a backbone, and then the hops are. Super, or not superfluous to it, but in, in addition to it, yeah. you know, piled on top of it, and you know, I'd call this an English style because of the malty backbone. It might be a little too hoppy for an English style, but I don't know. It's I really balanced because there's so much malt to it. I mean, it might be too malty for an English style. When too. I think English, I think kind of grassy and peaty. I don't necessarily sure. think about the amount of maltiness, and that may be wrong for for how the BGCP guys. But I, I mean, 
I think uh, when you know, in particular, just if it's not a double IPA or something like that, mm-hmm. a regular IPA should have a little bit of a malt there just to kind of give it right some some balance. And this one does have that malt. This is uh, bitter with Chinook, but finished with Amarillo and Centennial hops. Bitter with Chinook sometimes comes across as a harsh, really mm-hmm. grainy hop flavor. And this one's nice and smooth. There's a, just a mountain of malt in there, too. Yeah. I mean, when you drink it, the lingering flavor on here is just malt sweetness. Definitely. And it's not cloying at all. It's just as nice. It's almost the kind of sweetness you would get from like an Oktoberfest or a Vienna lager type beer. It does have a little bit of similarity to that. This is uh, It's malt- a lot more powerful than you get from a lot of Oktoberfest, but it's that kind of sweetness, that maltiness. It's brewed with pale Munich crystal and Karahel hops. They have a lot of information for this beer, huh? Right. You know, one thing I heard about on the Jamil show is the difference between sweetness and maltiness. And I'm like, yeah, I really got to zone in on that and be able to turn the two apart and describe that better on, the, on my show. And this is definitely a malty beer. Right. It's not a sweet beer. Yeah, I, I would agree with yeah. you. So now that we have a great example of it, maltiness, let's see, how does that kind of differ from sweetness? It kind of lays on your tongue where sweetness would be more of a... It's hard, it's hard for me to describe without having uh, right. two examples. Yeah, right something really can, sweet in front of you. I well, I can find it. a stone beer, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sweetness, you think of more like sucking on a lollipop. That mm-hmm. kind of flavor you get where it's... It's a more of a... It's a cloying. It's a little bit cloying. It's, But it can also be... Oh, sharp's not really the right word. Here I am. I'm trying out new... Trying to expand my vocabulary live on the air. It's it's kind of like... Um, in, in Pittsburgh, there's the famous uh, hockey announcer, Mike Lang. Uh-huh. He has these, you know, great sayings. You know? you know, some of his best ones are, you know, after they score, go, oh, great balls of fire, or Michael, Michael motorcycle. Just, that make no sense, but they're they're good. But, I, you know, when listening, every once in a while we try out a new one, and it would just flop. It just would sound like a thud when he says it. You know, like, oh, sh-. you know, I can't even make examples. But he has some really wacky ones. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Yeah. I mean, one of the ones he has is, oh, she wants to sell my monkey. <laughs> I'm not even. I, and I, I feel like Mike Lang trying to work out new terminology here live on the show. She wants to sell my monkey. Hey, they scored a goal. It's happiness. It's yeah. First time I heard it, I'm like, what? Why is but it then, happy when you want to sell your monkey? I mean, uh, this. And she wants to do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you want to do uh, it. I mean, it just it just sounds bad. The first time he said it, it sounded horrible. I was like, what? But then it, it caught me. It's just so absurd. It's like, yeah, she wants to sell my monkey. Call Arnold Slick from Turtle Creek. Don't have any response to that. Maybe someone else will have a a, a monkey uh, response. Carl Schwing. Schwing. Schwing wrote in. Hey, gents. I bet he hates that. <laughs> He's going to stop listening now. Thanks, Greg. Hi, gents. I was having trouble downloading the pre and post shows in the latest interview. No trouble downloading the main show. Not sure what's up. Can you check it out? Yeah, I'm not sure if I made the best choice of the new hosting provider. They're having a little problems occasionally with the, sh- with, uh, the website being up. We're doing what we can. Oh, Hopefully you guys will be able to hear this and know that I haven't experienced many problems. Greg's seen the site being unavailable several times recently. I, <laughs> it kind of gives me a kick in the gut thinking about that I you know moved to this site and it's not reliably serving our shows. 
Also, your web cage comes up being a suspicious website with a phishing warning on the latest version of MSN. The only thing I can think about that is that we recently changed our DNS, right? right. It hasn't updated through their whole anti-phishing protection thing. So they're seeing that Craft Beer Radio, this IP address versus Craft Beer Radio, that IP address, this might be a phishing thing. That's the only thing I can think of. If that of. continues, uh, people send us, a, send us an email. Yeah, I guess that's probably an IE7 yeah. thing. So if you're trying out IE7 and you get those phishing alerts or suspicious websites, let us know, and uh, maybe we'll try to look and see what's causing it. The only thing I can figure is it's the new DNS. But, you know, we're not advocacy people, but use Firefox. Yeah, you're just punishing yourself (laughs) using Internet Explorer. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for the great show. You're welcome. Oh, yes, this is a future show ideas. Hopefully, you'll consider a review of some more Belgian-style beers. That's in the pipeline. You, you, you know, I, we, we, did some, we did the Trappist shows, right. but we haven't really done a Abbey double, triple. Yeah, and I'd like to go through So I, we have some, and it's been itching me. I was thinking about maybe doing some tonight, but I just wanted to get these fresh beers out of the way first. So we'll have some soon. Oh, uh, Damon Lewis wrote in. He, um, he's being my tech support. He had the same problem with my uh, temperature... Uh, switch thing for my fermenter. Uh, where I like the, the way he put it. He had a problem with the probe not going all the way into the thermo well. That's you exactly can, what it's you, called. You can <laughs> you can sort of elaborate that in your mind, right? I uh, he he got the same answer that I got from beer beer more beer. So many people. They, I got to use it as a pickup line. I'd like to stick my probe in your thermo well. <laughs> anyway, they've switched the size of the probes and they don't fit into the thermo. The thermo well is basically a dip tube from a keg, corny, corny keg. <laughs> my probe may be too big for your thermo well. <laughs> but but the guys from Beer Beer More Beer said, oh, just get some sandpaper and sand it down. It should take less than a minute and it'll fit in. I'm like, okay, if you want me to sand this thing down. I'm I not going to sand down my probe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg, that's enough of the euphemisms. <laughs> We haven't even got to the strong beer yet. So, yeah, if anyone else gets the pro- thing from beer, beer, more beer. Apparently, they're trying to catch them and sand down them before they ship them out, but if they miss them. Too much innuendo? You, yeah, a little too much. In your endo. <laughs> but um, <laughs> You know, hold on, let me go find a, a rim shot uh, mm. sound effect and, pat- and plug it in for all your jokes. You don't have to do there. it right now. I mean, we are taping this. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Jeff, put a dump ching in here right now. You know I'm not going to go find one. I'm lazy. <laughs> Way too lazy. All right, so should we uh, go on to our last beer in the night? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm enjoying the Elysian Mortal IPA. It's coming across more malty than hoppy. I mean, there's hops there. But a lot more malty than hoppy. I can appreciate a malty IPA, like I was saying. I mean, I like it right. when an IPA. But if you looked at the style god for the American IPA, it. I don't think you know this would maybe more of an APA. This fits under. Yeah, maybe. But it's a little bit too hoppy to be an APA. So, well, Alpha King's technically an APA, at least on some sites. <laughs> I don't know what the brewer thinks it is. So that's why I should. I'm sucking it. on a on a hop. How can that be? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. There's some hoppy damn APAs. Though. I guess. All right, final beer of the night. This is a beer I had when I was out in San Francisco, and it lives up to its name. Oh, really? Okay, yes. Moylan's Hopsicle Imperial Ale it says on the label triple hoppy. Hopsicle. <laughs> wow, nine point two percent. This. This is worrying me that it's going to be sticky. 
Jeff's we'll looking at me like, yep. Uh, no, no, no. We'll see. I mean, when I had it on draft, it wasn't sticky. Okay. Uh, summer release, double IPA, open 1995, uh, Moylan's Brewery in Novato, California. Another monstrously heady beer on this one. Lots of head this Highly hopped beers tend to have great head retention. And great being a relative term because mine pours with mm, seven fingers of head and two and a half fingers of beer. Tomahawk, Cascade, and Centennial hops. Smell that. <laughs> it, it, it smells like you got a handful of hops. Yeah. Handful of wet, of dried hops, but a handful of hops. Just. Yeah. That's what it smells yeah, it like. It definitely smells hoppy. <laughs> There's no question about it. Wow. That aroma is amazing. That smells like real hops right there. Fresh handful. Okay. I can see why it's 9.2%, because in order to balance these hops, they had to get enough malt in there. Right. And they did. Mm-hmm. But that would raise the alcohol level high. Right. There is malt here. There's a malty backbone. Now, the malt goes away, and you're, the, the bitterness sort of comes yeah. through and starts it's, to hit it's, it. It's exceedingly bitter. I mean, this thing's up towards 100 IBUs, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. it's just hanging around. But the first thing you taste is that malt. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that. Yeah, it's not sweet. It's not cloyingly sweet, mm-hmm. but it is malt. Excuse me, it is malty. And then there's boom hops. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Doesn't cloy you. Doesn't stick on your tongue. Maybe a little tiny bit, but I'm okay with it. At nine point two percent. Yeah, you're gonna get some of that. Uh, there's so much malt in there. You're not really tasting any alcohol. I'm not. I'm getting not a, yet. some like fusels. We'll see later as we get through this beer, but right now it's just very bitter. Bitter enough for me to grab my water. You need a uh, rinse, huh? Yeah. You know, when I was growing my hops, you know, after I picked some, I had some late bloomers. So every once in a while, I'd pick one, I just throw it in my cheek, you know, like a chaw. Yeah. And it's just bitter juice, you know, exceedingly bitter. And I'm getting some similar flavors out of this beer yeah. as having a hop in my cheek. This is like IBUs in the hundreds probably at least, right? I mean Well, at a certain point the the IBUs can't be absorbed as much. They kind right, of but I mean, ninety five to hundred they kind of level off. But the more hops you throw in, you still get more uh you get some yeah. get some vegetal character, some you know, so it'll be more grassy or vegetally if you put more and more in. And sometimes that's bad, sometimes it's good, but Speaking of uh, um, beer chemicals, New York City last week, they had that smell. Oh, right, yeah. The odor. And what was it? It was Mercaptan. Ethyl Mercaptan. Instead of Prenyl Mercaptan, it was mm-hmm. Ethyl Mercaptan, right. which is the actual the natural gas aroma, right? Additive. Well, it's the additive. They add Ethyl Mercaptan yeah. to natural, natural gas. gas so that it doesn't, so that you can detect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, Prenyl Mercaptan is skunking from beer. Yeah, it, it's it's the it's based off of the isoprenyl radical, which breaks off of <laughs> isohumulone and then combines with sulfur to form Prenyl Mercaptan. Yeah, well, they were talking about it on the news, and like, and they think it was a Mercaptan. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it was a truckload exactly of Budweiser that skunked. That's yeah, my New York smell. Basically, any. Uh, any thiols, any sulfurous compounds that are also hydroxyls are considered mercaptans. And this one is ethyl mercaptan, which is added to it. Now, remember, mercaptans are detectable at 0.2 parts per billion. 
Mm-hmm. So just a, a you know the tiniest amount, will, you've, you'll know it's there. I remember a couple of years ago in a plant that made natural gas aroma, like had a leak or something, uh-huh. and it would just make people like people nearby were just like vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> it can really cause significant. Uh, Intestinal problems, and you know, if you get too much of it, mm-hmm. you know, deaths certainly because okay. it's, uh, it can really cause some some effects on you. But at, at at such low concentrations, you just kind of really notice it. So, um, this beer is wow, well hoppy. I don't wow. know if it's a wow beer. You know, it's, it's, it's not. A, beer? It's not a wow beer for me. The aroma, the aroma is so like real hops in my hand. Right, I've never had that in a beer that smells just like real Cascade. It's a hops good beer. I'm enjoying it. It's not my favorite beer of the night, and it's uh, it's just it's it's not hitting me the way a Wow hmm. beer would. See, now you got me thinking. Favorite beer of the night? No, it's gonna be my favorite. It's gonna basically edge out the the other one. So I'm gonna rank. Yeah, I mean, for me, well, you go first. I think okay. I went first last time. Moylan's Hopsicle, number one. Take that, all you West Coasters who think we're hop repressed Easterners. <laughs> Take that. Number two, the Hop Trip. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was really good. Number three, the Immortal IPA. Oh, well. What about your, don't you love the sour beer? <sighs> yeah, but I can't rank it in a hoppy show. But yeah. So number three is going to be the Immortal. And number four is the dragon. I loved the sourness in the dragon, but we're doing a show on hops. Yeah. And a beer that mistakenly spoiled and turned out really good. Just, I can't give that a ranking. You can't necessarily say it's going to happen to everybody who tries it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have another bottle. I'm curious if that one's the same way. <laughs> well, switch one and two for me. Okay. Uh, I mean, that hop trip, it just... I mean, it gave me. It's funny because it's called Hop Trip, and it just reminds me of our Hop Trip. Yeah. And <laughs> it very much is. It just reminds me that we had such a great time, and it, maybe it's you know it, it's the association of flavor with memory that's caused me to, to rank this so high. But hey, that's my number one beer of the night. That's that to me, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, then I'd go with uh, the Moylan's number two. I mean, it really is very good. It's not a wild beer for me, but even though it's a wild beer for Jeff, but it's it's good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, number three, yeah. I mean, I go with the Immortal number three. I mean, it had the nice malty stuff that I liked, and you know, it's mm-hmm. like real nice IPA that uh, doesn't go overboard. I love it when they do that. And then the Dragon Slayer. I mean, it was well, it was just yeah. off. It, it spoiled off. tremendously good. But it wasn't the beer that the brewer yeah, had intended, right, right. so it just it's not applicable for this show. Well, yeah, remind me of my hop trip anytime with hop trip. So that's and we got two more emails to go through real fast. We got Sam Smith who loved the extreme beer show, but had some problems downloading it because the new host is apparently sucking. No, it has to do also. Th- there's a couple issues with some of the older ones. Okay, that aren't compressed quite right. Oh yeah, if you listen to some of the older shows with the flash player on our website. Ones that I recorded at a different sample rate. There's a bug in Macromedia Flash that plays them back like Elvin and the Chipmunks. Which makes the Extreme Beer Show even funnier, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, a 10 minute show will go by about a minute and a half or something like that, but it's very funny. Woo woo, extreme, woo woo. To hear us burp. Chuck-a-thon. 
with the <laughs> this is very funny. So oh, I'd recommend you know before Flash fixes that bug, I recommend everybody test that out and check out the Extreme Beer Show because <laughs> it is kind of funny to listen to that really fast. And Seattle Ben writes that uh, he's anxious to find the Tazgal and uh, FFF. Which one? Three Floyds. The Three Floyds. Now if we can get the Heather Ales out here. My wife's a big fan of the Frok. Frok. Wanted to mention another excellent scotch. That's a drink, not a people. Brew. Truckar Jekyll Beat. My wife picked it up on a lark while watching Masterpiece Theater, kidnapped, and it blew our socks off. Got bottles galore aging now. Can't wait to try it a year or two. Highly recommended. I've heard of the uh, the Traquir Traquir Brewery. I don't even know how to say it, but I've heard of it. I haven't had any of their beers. So check it out. T-R-A-Q-U-A-I-R. Also add uh, Lagunitas Imperial Red to your, it's not exactly red, but incredibly good list. I do have some bottles here, and I don't think I've had it yet, Hmm. so we'll have to give that one a try. All right, thanks, thanks, Seattle Ben. Ben, And that is all for Craft Beer Radio. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week where we drink some more yummy beers. Not sure what yet. We'll just... Uh, They'll be yummy. Maybe we'll do the Belgian thing, maybe? And maybe uh, we'll do a barley wine warm-up for our vertical barley wine show? I would... No? No, I don't think okay. we should do a barley wines yet. I mean, we'll wait till we do the show itself. Okay. I got a ton of barley wines, not just the ones we're going to be doing on the Serenade oh, really? Vertical show. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I like barley wines and all, but doing barley wine, barley wine, barley wine. <laughs> like we did last year. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did three barley wine shows last year, too. All right. Well, blow it up a bit. Thanks for listening, people. I'm making a cool like, hand gesture. He's doing the rock on hand rock gesture. On. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.